Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, and you will hear our Bishop Coadjutor, the Right Reverend Douglas F. Scharf, as he visits the people of Good Shepherd almost immediately after the hurricane. Good afternoon. Jesus. And in the act of worshiping Jesus, 
Jesus says to that one, your faith has made you well. Now, another way to translate that verse is, your faith has made you whole. It's the same word in Greek, well and whole. And so while nine of the lepers were healed, this one was made whole. Think about this with me for a moment. All ten of these individuals had a skin disease the Bible calls leprosy. All ten were considered outcasts and relegated to the margins of society. All ten had an encounter with Jesus of Nazareth. All ten experienced healing in their physical bodies, but only one came back to worship. Only one came back to prostrate himself at the feet of his master, and in the act of worshiping, that one is made whole. And the only thing that set that one apart was the fact that he was grateful. Now, there are so many elements of the story that we could contemplate this morning, but at a very basic level, this story reminds us that gratitude is an essential part of the spiritual life, even in the midst of the storm. And perhaps especially in the midst of the storm. This is a theme that we find throughout Scripture and throughout our tradition. For example, the Apostle Paul in his first letter to the Thessalonians exhorts his congregation to rejoice always, pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. In just a moment, we'll gather around this altar and we will boldly proclaim once again that it is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks. My friends, gratitude is an essential part of the spiritual life, even in the midst of the storm. And so my question for us this afternoon is how in the world do we do that? How is it possible to have gratitude even in the midst of the trials and tribulations of this life? Well, I think the answer to that question really depends on how we ultimately define gratitude. In our contemporary cultural context, scientists and sociologists have identified three types of gratitude. First of all, gratitude can be an emotion. When we experience something that gives us joy or relief or satisfaction, we feel grateful. But that feeling is transitory. It's a momentary emotional response. And so second, gratitude can be a mood or a state of mind. Things might be going well in your life. There might be many factors that contribute to a generally positive outlook. And so your mood is one of gratitude. But of course, as soon as those circumstances change, so does your mood. And so thirdly, gratitude can be a disposition, a way of seeing the world. And we all know people that no matter what is going on in their life, they seem to have a positive attitude. They seem to have gratitude and joy in their hearts. It's the way they see the world. And so in our contemporary cultural context, gratitude is an emotion, a mood, or a disposition. But I think biblical gratitude is actually none of those things. 
Biblical gratitude is more than a feeling, a mood, or a disposition. It's a decision. It's a conscious choice. You might call it a spiritual practice. But let's be honest, it's not always an easy choice, is it? It's not as simple as having one of those cute painted signs from Home Goods that says, Be grateful. Because in the midst of the pain and loss and disillusionment of this world, gratitude is often the last thing that is on our minds. And yet, my friends, gratitude as a spiritual practice has the capacity to sustain us and nourish us even in the midst of the storm. During World War II, there was a young woman named Corrie Ten Boom. Of you may know the basic story of Corey Ten Boom. She and her sister Betsy, as well as other members of their family, were Christians who were imprisoned by the Nazis because they hid Jews in their home. The storm that they faced was one of isolation and persecution. When they were taken to their cell in which they would be held captive, they encountered deplorable living conditions. And their barracks was located directly next to the punishment barracks where prisoners were disciplined and even tortured. And moreover, their particular cell included a rather large population of fleas and lice. And yet even in the midst of these deplorable living conditions, Corey and her family found the strength to pray, to read their Bibles, and to worship. One day, Betsy came across this passage that I referenced earlier from 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. And so she gathered her family. They began to pray and thank God that they were alive, that they were able to pray and worship together. And Betsy said, and thank you for the fleas. <laughs> Corey protested. She said, there's no way that even God can make you grateful for the fleas. Betsy insisted, and Corey reluctantly agreed to join in the prayer and offer thanksgiving, even for the fleas. As time went on, Corey and her sister continued to hold Bible studies and continued to gather the community to pray, and they were surprised that none of the guards ever came to stop them. In fact, the behavior in which they were engaged would have been subject to punishment or even torture, but the guards rarely even came to their section of the barracks. One day, Betsy overheard a conversation with one of the supervisors of the guards and learned the reason the guards never came to their section of the barracks. You guessed it. <laughs> the supervisor said to the subordinate, we never go down that hallway. It's full of fleas. <laughs> Gratitude is not just a feeling, a mood, or a disposition. It's a decision, a choice, a spiritual practice. And so, my friends, we are facing some hard times ahead as a diocese. And many of our communities are finding 
temporary places to worship and finding ways to continue their mission. We live in a world that continues to be plagued by fear and violence. And so what we don't need is more platitudes or quick fixes. And so I hope that is not what you hear this afternoon. Because my brothers and sisters, I am inviting us to the deep work of cultivating a spiritual practice of gratitude. And if you think about it, we're actually doing that work right now. Because the name of the service that we have gathered to celebrate is, of course, the celebration of Holy Eucharist, the word Eucharist meaning Thanksgiving. We are right now engaged in the holy work of giving thanks. And so to be a Eucharistic people does not mean that we come to church once a week to receive a piece of bread and a sip of wine. To be a Eucharistic people means that our lives are so shaped by God's grace, so transformed by God's love, so empowered by God's Spirit, that we choose, despite all circumstances and obstacles, to remain faithful as a people of gratitude. To be a people who go forth into the world and boldly proclaim, it is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to the glory of God. Amen. Amen.